This episode is brought to you by Staples. Staples knows that if you're going to work from your home office, you need your home office to work for you. To be the most productive, your home office needs to have everything that your office office has. Bring new life to work. Discover inspiring furniture solutions for all the ways you work and learn. Visit staplesconnect.com to explore what's new. Staples, the working and learning store. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and your higher power, this show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started, because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April, and co-host, Dr. Kelly. Hi, welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. How are you doing, Dr. Kelly? I'm doing well. I feel like I'm juggling babies, though. You know, you can spin plates and keep them spinning when you're really busy, right? And if you drop a plate, no worry. We always say, hey, you're spinning a lot of plates. I'm juggling babies. Yeah, so what babies are you juggling? Well, uh, everything from my new job at the local college here in Northeast Michigan yes. and a real baby. My niece had a baby three weeks Aww. ago. And awesome. What's your niece? What's your, I guess your grandniece. What's your grandniece? Ivy Lou. Ivy Lou. Wonderful. Yeah. I love her, but I, I want her in the mix as much as possible. So it's going good. How was Costa Rica? Costa Rica was great. Yes, yes. Um, I was able to go to check out a retreat because that's where we're going to be doing one of the vacation counseling retreats. But it was so peaceful. Costa Rica is one of the, they say, one of the safest countries in South and Central America. Oh, that's wonderful. That's good to know since vacation counseling is going to be having a, having a lot of retreats there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you can wake up and hear the monkeys and eat, you know, pure food. Pure Vida is their um, slogan, which is pure life. You know, I know that you love nature and uh, getting getting close to the earth and all of that. And so I bet you're just, you know, you get to work in a beautiful place like that. That's yeah. beautiful, Dr. April. Yes, yes, yes. So like, like you, juggling a lot of different things? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. And how to find the time for it all. But it's been great. It's been great. And I... Can't wait to share Costa Rica with um, everybody out there that's listening and stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then my um, my second book is um, coming out. And Well, the second book is out, but the audio part is coming out soon. So that's been good. You have a date for that? Um, September 1st. Wow, that's sneaking up here fast. Yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> and the other thing, of course, is that bringing intimacy back is a nonprofit. Yeah, yes. I, I love that. You know, and there's so many more things that we can do with bringing intimacy back with the show overall and help more people with it being a nonprofit. That was a wonderful move. Yes, yes, yes. Because that's kind of what I want to do is to bring more resources and information about relationships, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It, it uh, really does. People need free resources. People have been hit economically. 
through all of the changes in our society more than we could have ever guessed or imagined. So right. I'm thrilled that uh, bringing Embassy back is nonprofit. Now I look forward to seeing what uh, what happens. You're on a springboard, you know. You've been doing it for ten years, but it's like if it hasn't launched before, this thing is going to skyrocket. Yes, I'm excited for it. Yes, definitely. I like your passions and your mission. Uh, what is the mission of Vacation Counseling? Before we get to today's topic, I just what is the mission, the primary mission for Vacation Counseling? The primary mission of Vacation Counseling is to bring couples to an area where they are not um, stressed out about their jobs and all that kind of stuff, where they're relaxed. They can take time to enjoy one another, but also learn about themselves because we do a lot of self-intimacy in it. Learn about each other. We create that bond of intimacy among each other. And many times it also gets um, spiritual. We have two or three counselors and it is sometimes pretty intense. You know, it's intense therapy. Um, and, but when we talk about therapy, sometimes it can get intense. And with intense therapy, it is good. Um, but sometimes, you know what? There's some people that just need a quickie. <laughs> some people need a quickie. That's what we're talking about today. And um, I look forward to getting to know Elliot County and what he's bringing. I did a little bit of a uh, look into that. He said he was a minimalist. I can't wait to ask him questions. Yeah, so a minimalist and a quickie. People are like, what are we talking about? To <laughs> <laughs> the minimum. <laughs> How quick is it? <laughs> we can hear him laughing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, we'd like to welcome Elia Connie onto the show to talk <clears throat> about quickies. And what I'm really talking about is solution focused therapy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That makes True. you laugh. It yes. does make me laugh. I've never heard of what we do referred to as a quickie. <laughs> I wouldn't agree, by the way, with that. Um, but yes, 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 yes. And what I mean by, um, a quickie is back in the day when they had, um, well, they still have it and we still participate, um, psychoanalysts where some people would sit on the couch, lay on the couch and be there for five, 10 years yep. trying to figure out the meaning of life. Yep. Yeah. We don't yes. do that. Okay. So it's a quickie. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just so disrespectful. No, no, no. Not no. Yes. No, I know it's not a quickie. It, it really goes into um, finding what we call solutions in the sense of therapy. Kind of. Kind of. I think, you know, my name is Elliot Connie, and that's such a shitty name. Like, I can't stand the name Elliot. Like, growing up, uh, I was born in 1976. So around the time I hit elementary school, this big, huge movie came out called E.T. Yes. And it, and it tormented my elementary and middle school years because um, the main character in the movie named Elliot. Now, um, you know, sometimes you just have a bad name. And solution-focused brief therapy is actually not an accurate name because it makes people okay. think that like, you're like rapidly trying to find solutions or even focusing on solutions. But in fairness, that's completely not accurate. That's not what we're doing at all. What would you call it then? I mean, not, not, not what you call it, but what would you title it as? If, if, if I, I don't know. I mean, 
I would title it Solution Focus Brief Therapy because that's what it's titled. Uh, okay. If I could rename it, I'd have to go into the lab and think of a new name. Uh, but I think what we do is much more um, about helping people achieve outcomes or, okay. or a transformation in their life. That's what I would okay. say. Okay, so to become outcome-focused transformation approach. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I know, therapy. I know there's a lot of confusion as to what it is. So it's really great that you get to be on the show today and help people understand what solution focused therapy is and brief therapy and going springboarding off of what Dr. April said. So many people go to therapy and are there for years because, you know, they dig in the past so deep and they're not necessarily looking for solutions, but some therapist no, come on, like dentists don't like cavities. Give me a break. It keeps them in business, right? So sure, I'll talk about your childhood. How much does uh, help educate us on, on this area? I do more cognitive behavioral therapy. So yeah. uh, uh, what's one of the primary focuses of solution-focused therapy, Elliot? Um, I, I, would say, I would say the primary focus of solution-focused brief therapy is to help the client to achieve their desired outcome. That's, that's what I would say. It actually has nothing to do with solutions at all. Uh, it's much more about finding a meaningful desired outcome that will transform your life. Well, Wonderful. we normally, we kind of skipped a step getting in here talking about why you don't like your name and our perception. <laughs> Dr. April always asked our guest for how they define intimacy. So Dr. April, go ahead and ask Elliot Connie how he defines intimacy. Yes, yes. But before I get to that, um, I didn't get to finish letting everyone know that, you know, Elliot's been around, not just around ET, but he has done a lot of speaking engagements. And also he's done conferences and keynote speakers. He's been throughout the U.S., of course. New Zealand, Africa, Germany, Russia, Switzerland, Poland, um, Denmark. He has his own little training group um, that he uses and that he trains other therapists on solution focus or outcome focus. I like I like outcome. <laughs> I, I, I really do think you should go for the outcome. And you yeah. know what? He's also written four books, The Art of Solution Focused Therapy. Um, one thing that I do like about him, though, um, when I've looked at other solution focus, he also brings it into couples therapy, which some yes. some people have a hard time doing. So he wrote a book also called Solution Focus, oh, Solution Building and Couples Therapy, Solution Focused Marriages, and Solution Focused Brief Therapy with Clients with Managing Trauma. So with all that, all yes, that, all that, yes. As we're talking about um, couples, one of the main things that I do the show about is about intimacy. And so I kind of want to know from you, what is your definition of intimacy? Uh, when two people are connected in a way that they do not connect with anyone else, where the content within the connection is just for the two people and those people alone. That is an intimate connection to me. Mm, interesting. Two people connect and they can't, mm, I like that. Yes. And how does that, um, and the work that you do, how does that impact 
I mean, do you see couples that lack intimacy? Um, wow, that's a good question. I wouldn't say I see couples that lack intimacy because intimacy, as far as I'm concerned, occurs on a on a spectrum, on a continuum. Right. So there are people that are having low intimacy moments, or people having high intimacy moments. Uh, but but I see couples where intimacy is a challenge. I see couples where where people, I mean, intimacy is a really interesting thing because we often don't talk about the importance of it. Right. Uh, so. So like I just said, right, so intimacy is a connection between two people wherein the content of that connection is not shared externally. And I think oftentimes people, we don't realize the impact of intimacy and the power and importance of intimacy. So that's why we like, we tell secrets that we're not supposed to tell because like I told you that intimately between you and I, I did not have any intention that you would take our content and share it with someone else. Physical intimacy is another example. Is that why, that's why we have, uh, you know, extramarital affairs where, where people like, so we have to learn to honor intimacy. We have to learn to foster intimacy. We have to learn to build intimacy. And, and once we have it, we have to learn to nurture it because it is a really, really important facet to all in every relationship. Yes, definitely. And on this show, um, and I'm glad you mentioned um, part of, you know, sharing thoughts or sharing connection, because on the show here, we talk about intimacy, um, not only the physical part, but the communication part, the emotional part, the, all the other various aspects of uh, intimacy in that, in that realm. Yes. And so as you're working with, because um, you work with thousands of couples. Thousands, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Why is your... Um, theory so important in training counselors to use it with couples well because as you said earlier which is super accurate a lot of people don't like you well first of all a lot of people in our field don't like working with couples at all um i can't tell as i travel around the world i can't tell you how many people tell me i i do not see couples i refer them to other people so i think it's important that we train clinicians because the reason why people don't don't like seeing couples is because they're scared so I, I think the only way to combat that fear is to educate, right? So I think it's super important that we have to educate people that like, here's how to do this work. Now, secondly, people don't like to use solution-focused brief therapy with couples also because they're scared, because there's a really interesting thing. So I just said solution-focused brief therapy is about achieving an outcome. So the most common question that people have is if I'm going to work with a couple which represents two people, what if they have different and opposing outcomes that they want to achieve? So the therapist thinks, what on earth do I do if I have an outcome-driven approach, but I have two people in front of me that have two and opposing different outcomes? And I think it's really important that we, we get trained, that we know exactly how to do, how to do those things. Yeah, because I had I had uh, did marriage counseling. I I don't I do it on occasion here, but it's not my favorite at all. So I'm a good little uh, case study for you on this. But uh, <laughs> uh, what if they have the one comes into therapy le- legit? This has happened with me. One comes in and the achieved outcome that they want to achieve is that they will get a divorce, and the other one comes in and wants to stay together. Ooh, that's not the outcome. That's not the outcome. 
Yeah, but that they have the idea of that's what they want to achieve in therapy. Kind of. Because the, the question that we ask people, and by the way, that's a very common thing, like that happens all the time. But what we have to understand is no one wants, like, they don't want to get divorced for divorce's sake, and they don't want to stay together for staying together's sake. We have to ask people, assume you got a divorce. What do you hope is the manifestation of that action, right? So like, let's say after therapy, you, got, you, you decide to get a divorce. What do you hope happens on the other side of that? And then people say stuff like, oh, my gosh, I'd finally be happy. That's right. the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like divorce is just the pathway towards, towards what they see as, as a way to happiness. But the outcome that people are seeking is actually happiness. It's the thing, it's the thing on the other side of the decision. That's the outcome. They got married to begin with, most of them, right? What's that? They got married to begin with to be happy. Yeah, but then you thinks they're not going to be happy. That's true. But then you know what happens? You got uh, a job that stressed you out and took you away from the home. You had three kids and you lost connection or (laughs) intimacy with your partner. Uh, You got laid off. Like life happens, you know, like when when marriage is a really funny thing because we sign a contract at 24 that we expect to be still reaping benefits at 54 and and life often intervenes and our job is to help people get back on track and stay on track okay so let's take a we're going to take a short break um and when we come back we're going to focus on kind of exactly what you're saying what if you're in a marriage right now and you want the outcome to be happiness what do you do where do you look who do you go see that's what we're going to talk about (laughs) Yes, exactly. Elliot and why. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about in a moment. Okay, we'll be back. Are you wanting a vacation in paradise? A vacation to rekindle the passion. A vacation without the kids. A vacation where you can learn how to communicate, where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight. If so, vacation counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the Vacation Counseling, please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on vacation counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy, and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, vacation counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida. Welcome back to the Bring in Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. We're here with Elliot Connie talking about solution focus, which is what we now are calling or focusing <laughs> on is the outcome. Focusing yes. on the outcome, yeah. Yes. So for people out there that are struggling, 
Um, because even in this last year, there are so many people who are struggling with COVID, financial loss, you know, all this extra stress that is causing, of course, a lot of relationships to um, break apart because each person is, I mean, this COVID and all this other stuff, it's been traumatic. So kind of basically, even in your book, um, Solution Focused Brief Therapy with Clients with Trauma, what do you do in those situations? What? As the couple or what do as I do couple. as the professional? As the as couple. couple. Okay. So there's a couple things that you have to do. Uh, number one is stay connected to your partner as your partner. Uh, as we age and we, we mature through life, we have a tendency to fall into our other roles, like parent, uh, professional or whatever. You have to stay connected to your partner as your partner. Now, in the past year and a half, when we were dealing with this pandemic, we have taken on roles that we didn't intend to. Like, um, we're, we're, lots of people are homeschooling their children now uh, because the, the schools closed. And for a whole year, they had, to, they had to become teachers when they weren't teachers. A lot of people are working from home. And it's so crazy because we went from being a very mobile society so now we're all in the house all day, every day. And it's really important that you attend to your partner, even in the midst of the chaos. Now, the biggest mistake that couples make is they say stuff like, I feel disconnected from my partner and I'm going to take a vacation to get reconnected to my partner. And I got to, and, but the vacation's not until February 31st. And, but like, literally you can stay connected, dedicating just like minutes to your relationship. Like, I remember growing up, there was an infomercial when I was in high school about like six minute abs. And these people tell like, you do this exercise for six minutes and your stomach can look like this. And this like super washboard ab person was there on the TV. You can literally have like six minute happiness, right? Like if you as a couple, if you wake up in the morning and before you get up and start making breakfast and preparing school lunch, getting the kids ready for bed, ready for school if you just laid in bed and just held your partner for six minutes right you just laid in bed just you like held your partner in a moment like in a minute we're going to open that door and the kids are going to come flying in and the bills are going to start like but for right now we're just going to be two people who are still in love in the midst of the chaos um those little things are the building blocks to a healthy happy relationship that we just don't often do so, um, I mean, I'm just thinking about the training of um, solution focus. What many of us have learned as therapists is, you know, what is that miracle question? Yeah. Yep. And then working backwards, doing baby steps. So uh, what you're telling the couple is baby steps. Well, what I would tell the, the couple would be educated nuanced steps okay like okay like when i when i think when i think of like if you ask anybody how they fell in love they don't say oh my gosh we met and i went on a date and we went to paris for three days on that date and um he just won me over in paris it's that little stuff like a friend right. of mine told me i asked him, i asked a friend of mine his wife when you knew that he was the person for you. And he said, we were out on a date. And, um, or she said, actually, we were out on a date. 
and the the server brought the check to the table and he pulled out his debit card to pay for the meal and she said i had never dated anyone who didn't ask who's paying mm. and she said i knew he would be someone that would take care of me and this was a really strong woman who would also let me take care of him. Mm. So my challenge to this person, so now here they are, they've been married down like 20 something years and they're 20 years into the relationship. If that couple were to start faltering and they said, um, Elliot, we're kind of losing our stride. How do we get back on stride? I would say, be the man that she thinks will take care of her and be the man that will allow her to take care of you. Like, and, and those things happen. Those are the nuances. Those are the things that happen between the lines of life. And so often we start thinking about like, you know, I, I need to do the, you know, hold technique or I need to do the whatever. But no, no, no. You need to, you need to be the person. You need to show her clues that you were the person that she fell in love with. And those things happen in those small little nuances. Those things happen in those small little moments. Like Dr. Kelly was just talking about her great niece when, when we were started doing this. Yeah. And, and I can tell that this young lady matters to her, this young girl matters to her because of the way she sparkled when she talked about it. Like it's that little stuff. It has nothing. And this episode is brought to you by smart food, smart food, air popped popcorn. It's flavored with delicious white cheddar cheese. And at only 70 calories per cup, snack a little smarter this year without giving up your favorite snacks. Reveal what else you're never going to give up in 2022 for a chance to win $1,000. Official rules at nevergonnagiveitup.com. No purchase necessary. Enter by February 27th, 2022. 17 plus, 50 US, DC, and PR. To do with how many diapers she changes or how many bibs she t- like, actually, that stuff doesn't really matter. That's not evidence of love or good, good aunting, if you will. Uh, the evidence of the, the, the role you play is the, the little subtle things in your tone when you talk about them, your tone when you talk to them, that look in your eye when you look at them like that. That's how you make a life. It, it's not about the tasks. It's about the stuff that happens between the tasks. Yeah, I love that. Those, uh, the nuances also is where sometimes in relationships, people can feel duped because they originally bought this is who this person is. And if the person changes and then they start to not pull out the debit cards or they not to start to not pay and it becomes the arguments become about finances, then that individual can feel like, hey, wait a minute, this isn't what I thought would happen. So let's say, um, Elliot and Dr. Rippo, you could speak into it also if you have a thought, with a couple who fell in love with this idea of this person, this is who they presented when the, the first five years, and then something changes. What advice would you give them? Change back. Change back. <laughs> yeah, because like, <laughs> like if, if someone, well, first of all, I'm supposed to change. I don't know about you guys, but I'm 44 yes. years old. Yes. I am not the same dude I was when I was 24 years old. So, yes. so, <laughs> so, but I have to show my partner that the person you fell in love with is still in there and the change isn't a change that's bad for you. 
Like I've got to bring my partner along with my changes. And as you're saying, like sometimes we forget to do that. And mm-hmm. I think we have to go and we have to go remind them. Like we have to go, we have to go and get them, right? We have to go and and kind of connect with our with our partners and let them know uh, this change is actually a good change. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go and discover, I'm gonna go and demonstrate that to you. Yes. Um, and with that change that you just talked about, because um, I know you have a approach called the diamond approach. Mm-hmm. Can you explain how that works? Yeah. So solution focused brief therapy is actually really challenging to teach because it's not really technique heavy. Right. Um, so some of my friends are some really prominent CBT therapists and their approach to, te- to, to psychotherapy is a lot easier to teach because it's very technique heavy. Go into your session, do this. If the client responds like this, do this. Like it's a very kind of regimented way of doing therapy, which is why the CBT lends itself quite well to curriculums because you can follow the, the plan. Uh, solution-focused brief therapy is, is more relies on the creativity of the therapist. Mm-hmm. So the diamond approach is a, is a map that my colleague and I, Dr. Adam Frower created that serves as a, as a roadmap on how to navigate your way through solution-focused conversations. Okay. Okay. Any so, of a relationship or the facets of communication or the facets of what? No, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's, like, it's not necessarily about the client content. It's about the professional's thinking. Because like you should be doing therapy thinking about what desired outcome is this client or couple or family or teen or whatever here to achieve. And once you know the desired outcome, then you now have to do something we refer to as a description. And you've got to be thinking like, how do I do this description? And then once you have a description, you have to you have to know how to end the session in a way that increases the likelihood that change will take place, right? So a lot of couples approaches are about like, help the couple do this, this, and this. And this is an approach that's more about like, what's the therapist thinking as they're conducting psychotherapy that will help them craft the type of questions that solution-focused brief therapy is known for? Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, and I like how you put that it's creative because no couple's the same. No, no, no. And even going back to that um, scenario of what do you do? It is finding a way of having them connect, understand each other. In the sense of um, the moving forward. I'm curious if um, how you know, obviously a therapist would not need, uh, a, if, if you were a counter-transference type, this would yes. be really good um, from what um, Elliot has been speaking about um, solution-focused therapy. We have mm-hmm. some more questions for you also, um, Elliot, when we come back from our next break. But uh, uh, Dr. April, I have a question. Are you familiar with the miracle question? That Yes. Okay, because that's that's what I basically have known to be for solution focused therapy. Um, do you do you use that? And, um, and a little bit, not much. And so, what the miracle question is, as we are educating our listeners, when a therapist asks you, "Hey, um, when you wake up tomorrow, if everything was perfect, what does it look like?" Right. Yes, and then taking that from kind of what Elliot was talking about, whatever they say that is, 
and working backwards. Exactly. To get to the outcome, which is really important in that aspect. And I also like how he did talk about, um, and when I do couples therapy, I honestly, one of the first thing, and it's not in my questionnaire that they fill out for a specific reason, um, is to hear their backstory. Hear why they got connected. Yes. Because like kind of what he says, then that reminds you, oh, that's the reason why I fell in love with you. But people do change over time. They do. And but Elliot, those seeds of who they who they were, those seeds of who they were are still in there. Absolutely. I this is so positive. This is like positive psychology. You seem to weave positive psychology into your your treatment. I think I would argue positive psychology weaves this into their treatment. <laughs> <laughs> what came first, the chicken or the egg? I like that. Right. I love that you love your um the therapeutic style. And also as as a therapist myself. You reminded me to make sure, and any therapist that's listening, because we also have therapists that listen to the show, it is very, very important that you are very present in all of your therapeutic sessions. So you're, it, you are the active agent, and that's what you seem to have de- described earlier, Elliot. But I, w- I would even go a step further. I would say, I think it's really, and by the way, sorry for the technical difficulties. I don't know, Zoom doesn't <laughs> like me today. Um, but I would say, it's really, really important to be very, very present in all things that you do. Uh, Somebody once in describing Michael Jordan said, his greatest gift is his ability to be in the moment at all times. Mm. And this person asked Michael Jordan if he was nervous to take the last shot in a game. And Michael Jordan said, no, of course not. And he said, why aren't you nervous? And he said, why would I be nervous about a shot I haven't taken yet? Because he had the ability to stay right where he was at all times. And most of us, we get worried about things down the road or down the line. And that takes us away from being in this present moment. And I think that's true for when you're doing solution-focused brief therapy, like, if, if I'm going to go to a therapist, like if me and my partner are going to go to a therapist, I want a therapist that is focused and in the moment. But that's also true about other, every other walk of life. The thing that I think is such a shame about the human experience is I know a lot of people that worry, 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 and then things work out well. So the only thing the worrying did was ruin your moments up until the time when everything worked out. And I try very hard to be like Michael Jordan. I just want to stay in this moment. Like, why would I be nervous? People often ask me, like you said, I've traveled all around the world. And uh, I've I've literally, I've taught solution-focused brief therapy on every continent on the planet, except Antarctica. And I would have a trip to like, oh no, I think I'm going to be booted again. Oh, okay. It's booted again? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about the technology, guys. <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break right now. And when we come back, hopefully he'll be able to join us. But if not, we will continue this conversation. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in a moment. If you're listening, you have a pulse. If you have a pulse, you have stress. If you have stress, you should get a therapist. How do you find a therapist? You go online, type in therapist near me 
Then you find a list of letters. LMHC, LPC, NCC. Ugh! How can you navigate and understand all this? Go to drkellyboucher.com. Dr. Kelly specializes in supporting people who suffer from stress, anxiety, burnout, and more. You can have help today. drkellyboucher.com. Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. And today we've been talking about solution-focused grief therapy with Elliot Connie. He's back here. <laughs> yes. And so you were talking about, um, and something that Dr. Kelly had mentioned early, it's when sometimes people change. Like a couple gets together, they're really happy, and then they change. And I think over the years, sometimes the change is because of stress. Yes. It's because of um, things that happen. And I know you did a great job just now talking about being in the moment. Yes. And sometimes people have a hard time being in the moment because um, I call it flooded, but they're so stressed out. And so yes. I'm, I'm curious in the sense of your therapy approach, it is the approach of focusing on outcomes. How can you keep a person in the moment and still, because when people think of outcomes, sometimes they're thinking of these goals and that's things in the, you know what I'm saying? Right. Versus that present moment. By, by helping people realize that your outcomes are only attained by your now habits. So like, mm. I, I'm not really, it's not just about outcomes. It's also about the version of yourself that you are right now that is either congruent to the manifestation of that outcome or not. So once we have an outcome, then we can now really hone in on your daily, hourly, minute by minute habits that make it more likely that you will achieve that outcome or less likely that you will achieve that outcome. Mm. Like so an that- example, an example is when I was younger, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. I was really good at baseball as a youth, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. So that outcome that I wanted to have impacted my moment by moment decisions. So in high school, when some of my friends were like, hey, we're skipping school and we're going to go to a party, I'd be like, no, 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 future professional baseball players don't do that. So I'm going to stay in school. So when my friends asked me to drink or smoke, I was like, no, 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 future professional baseball players don't do this. So my, my dreamed for future had a significant impact in the way I lived my life moment by moment. And then this you, can't keep happening. I know, because I just had a great question to ask you. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you can hear me. I didn't know if you learned solution focus in the room seemed like it. <laughs> Anything worth doing is going to have obstacles. And so I, I think it's interesting how we're springboarding off of this and we keep going to be where you are. You know, and we're having obstacles, obviously, uh, technical difficulty getting Elliot County, but it keeps coming back. <laughs> yes. So while we wait for him to enter the room again, um, what's your perception on that last um, that last take? On the part of being in the moment? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And what I was just going to, oh, he's back now. I'm so sorry. I was literally, I've been teaching on Zoom all day and this did not, I don't know what is going on. <laughs> yeah. So Elliot, I was just wondering if you're, um, because I know we're talking about couples, but it seems like you've been doing 
the solution focus ever since the womb, ever since you got out your mother's womb or <laughs> uh, kind of my original training is in CBT, but uh, I quickly in graduate school discovered solution focused. And then this was the way I turned and haven't looked back since. Okay. Okay. But what exactly what you are saying is that our now impacts everything. And now yeah. is the only thing that we have um, somewhat control over. But even like looking at you guys, like whenever you achieve something, both of you have doctorate degrees. That's not easy to do. At some point, you said to yourself, I want to achieve this. And it impacted the decisions that you made. And I'm sure people said like, hey, you want to go to parties? And you were like, no, I got to write a paper. Or, or people said, hey, you want to go do this cool thing? You're like, no, I got to study for this exam. And your your moment to moment decisions are what helped you become so high level educated. Um, I think one of the biggest things that gets in the way of people is we don't have an outcome that we're focused on. So thus we're not making moment to moment decisions from an anchor point. Mm. That is, that is definitely true. And you, and you're right in some, and especially in dealing with relationships, they just think, or if you're in a marriage that it doesn't require any work. Right. That's right. Right. We don't even, we don't even think about it. But I've got to be thinking, what kind of marriage do I want to be in? What do I want my partner to experience? And how do I make that happen? I got, I got to be thinking about those things because that's going to impact my moment-to-moment decisions. Mm-hmm. How would you suggest, um, in fact, I uh, saw a question earlier from a listener, but how do you keep that in the forefront when you, there's so many other stressors in life? How do you However keep you that? need to. However you need to. Some people write it down. Uh, some people have daily mantras. Some people meditate, but you keep it in the forefront the same way you keep everything. Like, how do you remember that it's important to raise your children? You know what I mean? Like, you keep the importance of in the forefront, however you need to do so. And it's different for for everybody, but it's really, really important that you that you keep. Like somebody said, the the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So it's really, really important. So like once you decide, like, here's the kind of relationship I want, here's what I want my partner to experience. You just keep that stuff in the forefront, in the forefront, however you keep important things important. May I ask you, how does um, spirituality uh, uh, show up in your um, therapy, in the SFT therapy? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting you asked that because uh, Dr. Froer and I were just talking about that this past weekend. And that varies based upon the clinician. Uh, mm-hmm. I happen to be a spiritual person. And so my spiritual beliefs, my spirituality, I shouldn't say spiritual beliefs, but my, my, my faith guides almost everything that I do. So that includes psychotherapy, but I, it doesn't show up in therapy. Like I don't talk about faith in therapy unless my client brings it up or I don't, I don't right. teach my client the Bible or anything like that, but I'm a person of faith. So my, my faith shows up in, in how I live my life up to and including how I do therapy. Okay, so to answer a question, like you said, it depends on the therapist. Yep. Okay, and also, of course, the the client. Sure, yep. Yep, okay, all right. Um, And the thing that I like about solution-focused brief therapy is also it's not just done in session. It's done throughout day-to-day 
Yeah, I would say most of the work happens between sessions, actually. Okay. Yeah. What's yes. a yeah, of homework um, that you would give a couple? Um, let's say they're having intimacy issues with uh, sexual intimacy issues within their marriage. What type of homework would you use for SFT? Kelly, I'm going to blow your mind and tell you that we don't give homework in SFT. What the what? We <laughs> <laughs> do it in between sessions. <laughs> You're being um, in the moment. You're being in the moment. In the moment. Well, yes. Maybe, maybe it'll work for me then. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't give. We don't give tasks. No or task. homework in. Do you have no. unconditional positive regard also in SFT? I'm really in. No. No. No, no, no Not in an overt way. So not in an overt way. Client, if they have irrational thinking. You can what? Say that again. Correct a client if their thinking is irrational or, or not. No, because my argument would be, how would I know their thinking is irrational? Why? <laughs> wow, this is, I might have to do some reading of Elliot Connie's books. I, I told you, I'm about to blow your mind. Like, yes. you not give I, I humbly acknowledge how little I know about it, other than using the miracle question a few times, because I do right. see And obviously, that's where you started. And then um, do you ever do in together or do you just strictly stick with the solution focused therapy? I, I strictly stick with solution focused brief therapy. So I don't CBT blend in. Is adios. You have broken up with CBT. <laughs> I, CBT and I broke up. It was, and it was a nice breakup. Like we, we did, we didn't argue or nobody was throwing anything at anybody. <laughs> it was just time for me to move into this new direction. Yes. So if people if people are out there and couples out there listening and they want to connect with you, how can they go about doing that? Uh, go to my website, man. Go to elliotconnie.com, two L's, two T's. Um, you can find me on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Elliot Speaks, um, with two L's and two T's again. And I love connecting with people, man. It's like my favorite thing ever. Okay. And one of your other favorite thing is helping therapists out. So yeah, man, I want to help therapists so that they can help more clients. Like the reason why I like working with couples, the most impactful thing you can do to someone's life is help them experience more love. So I want to make more love happen in this world. Like that's, that is what I, when I die, I want to say here was a true love maker. Like this man made more uh, in this world. That is the honest to goodness what I want. Okay. So how can therapists, because um, I know you have classes. Yeah. Yes. How can yeah, they they're listed find on my it? website, right? Go to elliotconnie.com. Okay. You'll see webinars, courses, all of it, man. And and I would love to to be a resource to everybody out there who works as a psychotherapist and and help them be more skilled in their work and more understanding and solution-focused brief therapy and make a difference in more people's lives. Right. And you provide certification in it, correct? Yep. Yep. We do a yes. certification through my organization. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank yes. you, guys. Yes, definitely. Yes. And we've learned so much and we're definitely going to check out your book and stuff. Please do. Awesome. Yes. So on wrapping up, um, this, that was an excellent show about solution-focused therapy, and we have some upcoming shows. Um, cool, Dr. Cool. Kelly? Yeah. Yes. We have uh, 
April Dia. You know, I have a hard time. It must be Italian, but did yes, she yes. Inside Your Heaven, Christian Dello Heart. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> My phonetics are going out the window. Christian De La Huerta, Super You Creating a Powerful Self. September 19th uh, or 9th, we have Michael O'Brien on cultural intimacy. That's so important right now. Nikki Nash, Unlocking Your Genius for September 16th. And remember, listeners, follow us on our social media, uh, bringtheintimacyback.com. And also we are on Twitter, YouTube, and uh, Facebook. We really are grateful for everything that you do for us, listening to us. Mostly our our, tele, our listeners are up right now. We're so grateful. And be sure to check out Dr. April's ebook. You can find her at uh, bringingintimacy.com, bringingintimacyback.com. That's where they can find your book, right, Dr. April? 